Do you think, you know, obviously CJ is not here. We don't know why. I've not heard from him. Who knows if there's another sort of kidnapping situation. Hmm. If he hasn't been kidnapped, do we dock his pay for not being here? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But... I don't handle CJ's time cards, so right. That's not mine. He has been known to lie on his time cards before. Just FYI, mm-hmm. like say he's working when he's actually not working. You know, a clock goes like we'll leave work, come back and clock out two two hours later, which is disappointing as well. And I find it weird that we have a clock out system, mm-hmm. like a pretty old school like machine. Yeah, <laughs> have you ever used one of those? I have. Yeah. I, yeah. I used one at Wawa and I used, I used one, one at Rita's. And I used one at FMQB. They it's, made me it's F, fun to at, do. Yeah, for sure. They made me <clears throat> at FMQB when I would eat lunch. I had a FMQB is a, a radio music trade magazine. I had to clock out when I'd eat lunch and then clock back in. I saw them do that. I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Got paid for lunch every time. That's tough. Yeah. That's what do you expect? Yeah. What do you expect us to do? Yeah. Expect me to how many things can I remember? Clocking in, clocking out. Bullshit. It's fucking CJ. Where is he? It's fucking Saturday, eleven AM. What could he be doing? Fuck. Honestly, bullshit. Now I gotta find oh, the new intro. I found it. Okay. Oh yeah. I guess we can just start. Because this is all being left on YouTube anyway. And it's, hi, Spotify. I'm not cutting this out of the Spotify one either. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at BriggsAuction.com. Body Bio, get 20% off any Body Bio order with code Mike's Tummy. And Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with code Dave Silver. On the show today, could the Sixers actually, at the end of all of this, end up with Damian Lillard? As well, Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner talk about their time with the Sixers. Fuck, and I don't have CJ to put that up on the screen. I have to figure out how to play the audio. The WWE comes after B-Ball Paul, and the debate about whether I should watch the Sixers if James Harden is on the team continues within the Ricky community. Kinetic skateboarding. Love Kinetic. They do these midnight releases of these special sneakers that I got to talk to Ben from Kinetic about. Who is up at midnight? Who is up at midnight? I know they have sneakers that you don't get anywhere else. Vans, Converse, Nikes, all these things you can't get anywhere else. They're releasing them at midnight. I got to wake up hours later to find out whether I can get them or not. Kinetic is your place for the fall season. Need some hoodies, need some new sneaks, need some long sleeve tees, and then eventually snowboarding when winter comes. Go to kineticskateboarding.com and what did I want to say? Oh, use code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. Thank you to Briggs Auction, who we'll get to later today, who has jumped on as a sponsor of our Bark in the Park team. We've raised over $6,000 now, up to 34 members on the team. Our goal to raise $15,000 for Providence Animal Center 
by the event on October 21st. You can join the team. If you raise 50 bucks, you get the t-shirt. Join the team at the link in this description. To go back to Kinetic for a second, part of the Jones family is Eliza Hardy Jones. And I did not realize until recently that Eliza had her baby. Yeah. Congratulations to Eliza and Andrew Jones. Alpheus Benjamin Jones, a.k.a. Alfie. Great name. Alfie, amazing name. Born several weeks ago. A, a Ricky baby, I think you could officially say. So yeah. we look forward to having Alfie on the pod at some point before the trade deadline. I think Alfie will be excellent to talk about potential trades beforehand. So congratulations to Eliza, Andrew, sending our love to you guys. And Marion Hill, a uh, part of the Ricky community doing their only 2023 show, October 11th at World Cafe Live, the Philly Music Fest. Revenue from ticket sales go to Philly Music Educators. Marion Hill, Saturn, Trap Rabbit, Ryan Gilfillian, Julia Pratt, Sophie Corin. Go to the link in the description of this pod to buy tickets. Again, Marion Hill's only 2023 concert. And they did a special cover version of We Were Right so we could play for a couple weeks until the show happens. So here it is, Marion Hill covering Amos and the Chef. We were right, y'all, we were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all, we were right. So say the name. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the guy who's producing the pod in CJ's absence. That is one Mike Levin. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, no. It's on you, buddy. You got to produce. Looking around, seeing what that entails, what on my desk I can use to produce. Is this yep. pen going to help? Yeah. I don't know. Does CJ use a pen? I don't know how uh, to produce I, anything. I never look at him. I never look at him. Yeah. So, oh, no. Now I'm trying to figure out. How I got the new phone and it's not connected to the fucking the thing here. So I'm not going to be able to play stuff. Motherfucker. Jesus. Fuck. So over the last couple of days, while I figure this out, I got to figure out how the Bluetooth thing is going to happen here. Um, over the last couple of days, the Damian Lillard thing, which has been, I would say, quiet for the last several weeks, mostly quiet since Dave Silver gave his proclamation that everyone's got to shut the fuck up. Everybody shut the fuck up has gotten louder over the last couple of days. And other teams have started to become rumored at least to be part of the Damian Lillard situation, whether that is as Jake Fisher suggests as a third or fourth team, or as others have suggested as a primary team, mm -hmm. Toronto being mentioned, Chicago being mentioned, and the Sixers also being mentioned. My question to you, Mike, is first, do you believe that Damian Lillard is going to end up anywhere but the Miami Heat? I would love it. I would love it. Mm -hmm. 
the fact that they're not uh, Joe Cronin, who's Blazers GM, is not like talking to the Heat. Chris Haynes reported that. I think that's great. I think that kicks ass. I just, ha- you know, you don't get to sign a fucking massive contract and then tell me trade me here, and everyone has to go like, well, you have to. It's just bizarre. Well, it's, it's a, also a, a bizarre thing to do. So you either get to pick where you want to go. Or you get to take all the money that you can, and so I think I think Dame is more likely to have a nice little list that I've been searching for for our, our for James. James Harden. Yep. Um, and I think Dame is more likely to play for the team that he gets traded to, mm-hmm. um, where Harden maybe I think would maybe be upset about it, and Dame is obviously there for more years. So if I'm Toronto. I think you can make. I think Toronto can convince. We talked, you know, we talked to Blake Murphy about it months ago. Could be convinced to to play for there. I think Chicago could be convinced to play there. Uh, Phoenix is in there as a as a third team, probably mm-hmm. um, to get to get eight and out of town. So it's interesting. It's I'm I'm finally I'm. We've been in this holding pattern with both Harden and Dame for so long, and I'm ready to move it along a little bit. See what else we got. So. I do think just to, I, we've talked about it so many times. I don't want to belabor it. I do think that the situation in Portland. I largely agree with you in terms of you don't get to sign the the contract and pick your place. I do think that there's something a little bit different about this one, in that I I don't know if the team was honest or dishonest with him. I think there were probably a lot of things going into that draft that could have changed, like if Scoot was available or not available. Maybe they maybe they did think about trading that pick or not think about trading that pick. I do think it's a little bit different that they... I, I do think it's a little dishonest on their part to say, we drafted this guy and we want Damian Lillard to stay. So I, I think that's probably a little dishonest and I think he probably has some reason to be frustrated. That said, as we've I don't said, think that that's dishonest. What's that? I don't think that that's dishonest. But I do. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors had a, had the second overall pick or, and the high high lottery picks, and they they made selections, and and those guys didn't say like we're leaving because they made they, bad they picks, but but they but, were. But clearly, the the Blazers want to rebuild. They they drafted a guy that plays his exact position. They drafted an undersized that, primary guard. I th- I think that they could play off each other that but they, they, they do not have such a such a shared skill set scoot is not like 511 like i think that it could be if it wanted to happen i mean I, i'm not i have nothing against dame saying hey i i want to go play somewhere else i've been here long enough um and you and this is not happening i just don't think it's dishonest i guess would be my my quibble to go like hey we got the second pick we we this is a huge opportunity for us to get another building block dame's 33 like there's a chance that we that they could have done both at the same time well, but but the Warriors are actually proof that 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 is that was probably a bad strategy by them. Like, they, I think it was that they really that, made the wrong picks. time with a lottery pick and a competing team was probably a bad strategy. I think we could we could. I, I don't I don't want to keep. Doing, I think we could probably agree that Portland's best case scenario after making that pick was finding the right deal for Lillard. Sure. But, I don't know if they're honest or dishonest. All that is to say, actually, all that is to say, I believe he's ending up in Miami anyway. I think all of this is sort of for show to get every sort of last drop out of Miami that they can get. Though we did get 
this voicemail, which is going to work, hopefully, to 833-LICKFACE, and I would like your response to it. If Embiid is on his last straw with us after all the nonsense he's been through, the Colangelo drafting Okafor, Fultz's shoulder, now Harden, and his time with us is limited, why not just pull the trigger? I love Maxi, but let him go. Get Lillard here, and let's do this thing. Is that crazy? What are we saving up for? I just don't think... Well, your response first. Your response to that. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Maxi is a better player than Damian Lillard in like two years. And that's not answering the, the the question. Well, no, it, my answer is that I don't think he's. I don't think Dame is good enough. That I don't think Dame Harden makes any sense. I don't think that either of those guys is going to be happy with that with that situation. And so, if you do a Harden trade of you know role players from the Clippers or whatever. Dame Embiid and role players, I think, is a, a, a pretty similar situation that you're in right now. And I'd rather have the younger option of it. Um, so you would not trade if the deal was, let's say Harden's involved in the deal. So the deal ends up being, I think they can only trade one first-round pick right now. So the deal ends up being Tyrese Maxey, first-round pick, first-round pick swap or something, Jaden Springer or something, you know, whatever you got to do with it, with the, the fucking, the money, you end up with man and fucking Rocco or whatever. And Lillard, you say no. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's worth doing. Okay. I, I just think that I, Dame is so close. Like he's 33 Three. and so small. Yeah. He's very good right now. He had an excellent offensive season last year, but like, there's just something about trading for old guys, old small guys on big, huge, long contracts mm-hmm. that I'm not interested in. Yeah. And I, especially if Dame doesn't want to be here, you know, like you're already, you know, maybe if you get some assurances, whatever that like, okay, he wanted Miami, but like he'd be fine in Philadelphia. Who knows? I, I just think this is a, Part of this is definitely emotional and that I and that I like Maxi and the mm-hmm. idea of we all do. acquiring Dame and then him immediately getting hurt would make me feel like such a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I don't think it moves the needle so much to then fully commit yourself to the the Dame and Joel pairing. And then when when that like goes up bust in two years, then you're left with you know, a, a really long rebuild that is that would be longer than the process was because of how deplete asset depleted they would be at that point. So I do not I want to headline this with I don't think that trade gets it done. We've talked about this before. I think one of the reasons that you have not heard about Philadelphia being involved in this is because I don't think Daryl thinks it gets it done. And it's not worth the public, like the thing that Tyler Hero is going through right now. Uh, I think they're pretty sure he's going to get traded eventually. If if you're not sure that Maxie's going to get traded, and you're actually more think it's far more likely than not that he's not going to get traded, the best thing to do publicly is to stay out of it and keep his name out of it. Especially when you haven't, you're not going to give him the extension now anyway. You know, you already have that sort of, you know 
lording over your the the entire conversation. All that said, I tremendously disagree with you that he is not good enough to move the needle. I do not think they would have him and Harden. I do think Harden would be part of all of this. But to over the next two years, if we agree that Lillard is in prime-ish Lillard for the next two years, your chances of winning a championship with him instead of Maxi are like 10 times greater. In my, I understand what you're saying. And again, we're talking about something that I don't think has much chance, if any, of happening anyway. That said, for the sake of argument, if that is the option that I'm being presented with and that option were real, I would do that in a second. Damon Leonard is awesome. He would be awesome with Embiid. He would, the team would be awesome. I, there's, they would, I think, immediately be the best team in the Eastern Conference. And I don't think you can just not do that because in a couple of years that you think this player, Maxi will be better than Lillard. I think the next two years are good enough to do that. That would be my position on it. Maybe. I mean, they've just, they've gone, they've done the, like, we're going for it so many times over the last six years. Absolutely. Pushing the chips in and then it ends up bad. And then it's just like, okay, well then we're even more asset depleted, <laughs> even more old. Yeah. Like every, every iteration of that goes that way. And we have a guy in Maxi who, wants to be here who loves being here who is uh even when he does get this this big contract he'll be less appealing league-wide in the same way that like uh hero and and jordan Poole and those types of guys are uh, because now they're making big money and expectations will be there um but he'll be making like still like half as much as lillard over the next four years so i think the difference between Maxi and Lillard going forward to me is not so wide that their contracts, we could get better players with Maxi. We can pay for more players with Maxi's contract here. Um, and with Dame, it's like you're really limited because of how much he's making and how much Joel's making. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I really very, I see the logic of it, of course. Like, Dame is yes. one of the best offensive players in the league. Like, mm -hmm. but projecting forward, I just am really nervous about how long that holds up and how we're going to be left holding the bag of his old ass. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want. I want someone else holding that bag. Yeah. Vegas Mike, DraftKings has requested your presence. Do I have Vegas Mike? Yeah. Also, Maxi and Scoot is the same. Size wise, yes. Well, that's I. I don't think it makes any sense for Portland at all. By the way, so another week of football, DraftKings Sportsbook, Mike. The Eagles line. So Eagles play Monday night against the Bucks. Kind of a little troublesome line to me in that I know you have bet the Bucks to win plus eight fifty, right? I Is have, that yeah to win the two and zero so far the South Eagles. Only a five-point favorite, Super road. Bowl favorite Eagles. That's a little cheap, don't you think? On the road, Monday night. Yeah. I don't think so. Doesn't bother couple, you at all? A couple injuries on the Eagles side. Let me oh, throw yeah. some props at you, some Jalen Hurts props. Over, under, one and a half touchdowns thrown. Under is minus 130. Over is plus 100. Do you like either of those sides? 
I'll take the over. I think we'll get yeah. it to two. Yeah. I think he's due for a good game with the arm. Passing yards, Jalen Hurts, over under 237.5. I'll say under. And combo, pass and rush yards, 287.5 for Jalen Hurts at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ooh. Yeah. I'll say under. DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers, bet five bucks, get $200 instantly in bonus bets if you use code RTRS. Code RTRS. Do those same game parlays. Love those. Those are fun. Add on more legs. Have longer odds. Potentially win more money. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the app now, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code RTRS. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code RTRS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21. See show notes for details. So how do you think, before we move on to the Andre Iguodala and, and Evan Turner thing, which is funny to even say in 2023, what is your, do you have a gut on, on Lillard? Or are you just sort of like watching, amused, and waiting to see what happens? I don't. I'm along for the ride. I, I was talking to somebody on the picket line yesterday um, about the Harden thing. And with Harden, it's, it's like, man, I would really enjoy what's to come if mm-hmm. I wasn't a Sixers fan. If this yeah. was happening to any other team, I'd be like, I'm very interested in that. I wonder how this resolves itself. But now it's just drama and trauma and everything that is upsetting about the, the Sixers and what has happened over the last few years. Dame I, I, is less obviously like, you know, thrilling, but it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they trade him. And I, and I, you're right in the sense of like, yes, usually when these types of superstars want a trade and they decide where they want to go, they usually get where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul George, Anthony Davis. Um, I would love for them to trade him somewhere else. And I would love for, you know, his Dame still making a bunch of money. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's all fine. And then he could, you know, in a couple years, then force his way somewhere else, whatever. But I don't know. To me, they should take the deal that makes the most sense for them. And I don't, I just also think that like the Miami and the Miami fans and the fucking Miami system that is the can like like my balls. I'm just not interested. I, I want them to to not get what they want. I think really is yeah. what it is. Even though I do love Jimmy Butler and think that he's great, and I'm upset that he is not a Sixer. I only know one Heat fan, and that is Amos's manager Perry. Perry's yeah. a great guy. You know, shout out Perry, Ricky guy. Perry is. But no offense, Perry. You are so fucking annoying about the heat. I'm just, I'm talking to one person. I just imagine all heat fans are like you. And while I believe that Damian Lillard will go to the heat, I don't want him to because I want you to have to talk yourself into the fact that you never wanted him anyway. And you're you're a great guy, but really fucking annoying about the heat. So I would love for them to be unhappy. I find the the buddy. I know we talked about Buddy Hill a little bit last time, but I find the I find what's happening with Buddy and the the potential teams. You know, Giannis or sorry, the Bucks have been floated a little bit. Like it's yeah. just he is one of the best shooters in the league, mm-hmm. and he does keep getting traded. Um, and so as far as like how much people can get for him or how much they are going to require, I, it's very interesting 
about wh- like what he's worth. About what he's worth because he's yeah. expiring. Um, he's not making too much. He's not making. He's making like what nineteen million, I think it is. Yeah. Um, he's very good. His reputation on the defensive end is what it is. He's never played for like a very good team or even a a, a mostly good team. I I find it. I find it interesting to see like what what is Indiana going to require, and I and I floated the Tobias thing last last pod where they would end up with Tobias and then a three teamer like get get two uh, two more expirings in addition to Buddy to make the money work. Um, I wonder. I've seen it floated by other people and and made me think like PJ Tucker being is an interesting one for them as well because they're a young team. PJ is a really would be a really perfect sort of. Like good vet, playable vet for Jairus Walker, similar type of like tough, like defensive player. Although Jairus is like way more athletic than PJ ever was, so like I could see just if I'm the Pacers going like this, this guy can be helpful and then also helpful in like a culture way. Can I tell um, you something, man? If he trades PJ Tucker to the Pacers, but that's what I was thinking about Harden. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want. That's what I wonder is like, what is that? What would that mean for Harden if they, if they, if they ship out? PJ and you know Korkmaz and Petrashev or something. Um, Daryl's gonna have to hide himself if if he trades PJ Tucker to the fucking Pacers. But that to me would be them admitting that we don't we're not trying to entice him back a little bit. Yeah, I think. Well, I also I think also <laughs> signing Kelly Oubre was probably part of that too. I know you don't think that's a big deal, but I I do think it's something. I don't think it's nothing. You know. I we, think it still makes more sense to trade Tobias if they yeah, would have him. For sure. Um, because then you could slip. I mean, honestly, Ubre does replicate some of the Tobias-y stuff of like, hey, if you need a bucket, this like big wing can get you something in a in like a uh, you know, busted offensive play. Uh, whereas PJ obviously uh wouldn't as much. So I just find I I I thought the PJ element would be interesting, and then I thought uh, as far as like could Indiana want him, and then also in the sense of what does that say about about how they feel about Harden, and so I'm going to admit something. There's simply no way I'm going to listen to this podcast, even for our podcast, Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner on the JJ Redick podcast. I'm just not going to. Now we have long been pro Andre. I believe this this pod has been Andre was. Igadal was always nice to me when he was in Philadelphia. Evan Turner, I despised as a sixer, but have grown amused by him generally as a public persona since then. So I don't have a problem with Evan Turner. But they were on the JJ Reddick podcast, and there is this clip floating around of Igadala and Evan Turner talking about what it was like to be on the Sixers when they were on the Sixers toward the end there. And here is that clip. Come on, say this. He said, y'all keep calling them players bust, but we aren't holding the people making these picks accountable. And I always say, you were set behind the moment you got drafted. By the way, that is Andre Iguodala talking about Evan Turner. Absolutely no way Philadelphia should have drafted you. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with teams should come first, competing and winning first. We talk about, we talk about Philly a lot. They got new ownership, new management, so I'm comfortable with saying this now. I didn't realize till I left that we the, the organization wasn't trying to win. So what do you do in that scenario? 
you got to be selfish, right? Because now you said it's a survival. I got to eat. I'm going to my contract year. And 10 to 15 teams are doing that on any given year. Yeah. But they're mad at the players for going out there trying to get their numbers. And publicly saying, oh, we're about to tank. You go up to Sam Hinkin, it's like, yo, I've been working my whole career to battle to get here. Yeah. I give a fuck about when I called that mine and said, yo, should I leave and go overseas and try? Like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, bro, I can't go and we're not trying to win. I was at home crying. And we sit there and we show up. I'm like, yo, Sam, can I talk to you about my future? Shout out Sam Hinkie. You have a whatever, like, it's business. I got five minutes for you to talk about my fucking future. So we start talking about certain love. I would love to do that. But when we enter all this stuff, it's a business of basketball that you forget about. And then when you sit there as well, you remember at the level of being bust, the unknown is scared. I don't think you were a bust, Evan. I don't think I was a bust. But like I'm talking about starting off at the level of like yeah, yeah. how quick you go. But like the unknown of being on that level is scary and being like, yo, which way are we going to go? So when sometimes when it comes to that certain level of like trying to trust people or trust adults that are supposed to guide you in the right direction. And I'm not the only one this has happened to in the sense of like not even being like, oh, Miss Kyder or none of that because I ended up in the NBA. But it's just like, no, you're going to naturally protect yourself. When you break a bone or get hurt, that shit is going to swell up and try to protect whatever else yeah. is coming around. That's your instinct of Darwinism. And then when you go up and you start talking to people that have no clue about fucking basketball over something you risked your whole life for and you care about it, and they're worried about some dude named Wiggins three years down the line. You know, you know what I'm saying? And we start, we talk about a lot of shit, but I'm talking about the human part. But that's what you get paid yeah. for to yeah, not yeah, be a human. Yeah. Because so I hear that too often. Okay. So I really, that. really like JJ and like his very, in his most caring tone. I don't think you're a bust. I don't think you're a bust, Evan. I really, I, I can see myself saying that. And I also think it's really funny that he did. Yeah. I mean, they, Andre and Evan are just like, I, I have always loved Iguodala. I've, I believed in Evan and then uh, sort of kept gripping onto the wall uh, as as the floor was crumbling beneath me and still kept trying to. By the way, um, and he, he, is, had- he is like a funny guy, but they, they have their timelines like so wrong. Like they're not even trying to. Yeah. Andre was obviously way gone by then. Yes. The, they're both talking about different things. Like Andre's talking about the Doug Collins Sixers run by people with no plan. Like, they're not trying to win in the sense that, like, they don't... They, they're not that bright. They were like, trying. They, they just weren't... That's why they traded him for Andrew Bynum. They were bad. The yeah, they did yeah. a bad job. Yeah. They were a bad team. That was that was the, like, let's just win as many games as we can. We got 33 of them. 33 wins. That's pretty good. And Evan is talking about, like, f- correcting that culture of, like, poorly constructed teams without a plan. And... He's saying like Wiggins three years down the line. It's like you were already on the team for three or four years, and Wiggins was being drafted the next year, so you got dealt after that. So, I mean, I get the idea of like, hey, I'm trying to win. This is my i I built my life on this, whatever. But like, there's there's no version of like you're still playing basketball, and you can still go out there and try to win. And if you are good then some team will sign you that is not the Sixers or trade for you if you're too good for the Sixers. And the Sixers would be happy to... The Sixers at that point would have been happy for you to get good. Yeah. And then... And dominate the ball. Get score them, a bunch and then of get them something yeah. back for it that they could use in the future. They're just saying shit. People just say shit. And they're blaming other people for it. 
absolutely people should be held to account for making bad draft picks. The Warriors, are, Iguodala's Warriors are an example of that. They made one of the worst picks of all time. And they're, you know, because they were so good, they got to overcome it. Um, Evan getting drafted is interesting because, like, he played the... It was very much he's being drafted as Iguodala's replacement. And then they just didn't trade Iguodala. And then Evan wasn't good enough. And Andre wasn't good enough. And they kind of still didn't play together well. And it was just a mess. And that is, you know, of another era where um, there's just not a plan in place. The biggest thing for me, and I've said this since the fucking, I started talking about the Sixers online, on the internet, Spike. I started talking about them when I was fucking 19 or something, is I just want a plan. I just wanted a plan that we could follow in like, this is how we're going to compete. This is how we're going to actually become contenders. And for the bulk of my life, even when they had Iverson, there was not a plan. There was not like this. It was, it was always just like, and then we'll get a couple guys and then we'll see. Like I, I wanted there to be a plan. And finally in 2013, there became one. And yeah, it was probably annoying for Evan to get like caught up on the watch like that. But that didn't derail his career. He wasn't good enough. That's what derailed his career. Yeah, a couple of things here. With all, Please, this is not shitting on Evan Turner or Andre Iguodala at all. Love to both of them. <laughs> Evan Turner didn't succeed in Philadelphia because he, to your point, was not good enough. That's it. They shouldn't have picked him. What are you even talking about? If 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 Evan Turner was good enough, he could play with Andre Iguodala. <laughs> like if Evan Turner was the player that they wanted him to be, having two wing players who can score and play defense, like and both handle the ball. In in their boat in the 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 optimal versions of both of them, yes, they they absolutely could have played together. And by the way, saying that they shouldn't have picked Evan Turner is look, they shouldn't have even picked Evan Turner because he stunk. Yeah. But but not because of positionally that behind him, Derek Favors, Wesley Johnson, Demarcus Cousins, who did by the way did not you know did not end up winning anything. Ekpe Udo, Greg Monroe, Al Farouk, I mean, it, you you take until Paul George and. Kawhi, I think, like Kawhi was that same draft, right? No, was he not? Draft next year. Um, it comes in Paul George at ten till you get a player who's like, oh, it really would have been nice if they had them. And I don't know who is coming after either of them for trying to get numbers. And I am sympathetic to Andre in that when Doug Collins was here, he behind Iguodala's back blamed Iguodala for that team falling apart. Yeah. He. He was a total dick to him. That is that absolutely happened. I remember the 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 story that basically when that team was falling apart, that everybody expected would be pretty good. Doug Collins basically brought all the record reporters of the Sixers together and blamed it on Andre Iguodala. That's what he did. I am sympathetic to that. But uh, and Collins, the other thing, it's just a brief pause to say Doug Collins piece of shit. Yes, I'm like get him out of here. Happy he's gone. And a final thing to say from basketball generally. I am sympathetic to Evan's position during the Sam Hinkie thing. I get it. But again, if you were better, we might not have even been in that situation. But whatever. I'm sympathetic to that. I'm also sympathetic to players being in contract years and wanting to earn more money. And I know it's just a turn of phrase. But I got to eat. Yeah. Like, come on, man. That also, bump, that also bumps me. Yeah, sure. like... Well, <laughs> There are people in this world that got to eat 
weren't currently making $20 million. Sure. You can get all the food you need for that much money. Yes, of course. The But they all say it. And it's like, come on. The Yes. The, I mean, the problem is like Andre has prolonged his career for a really, really long time. And obviously, he's only like a part-time player now and whatever. He's more of a podcaster than he is a yes, player. Yes, which is great. Yeah. Good for him. Like, he adjusted his game. For sure. He found ways to, like, he fully committed himself. He's always a good defensive player, but he, like, fully committed himself to to the defensive end and embracing the role player status. The fact that, like, both of them were not great outside shooters... Evan didn't have the Evan wasn't good enough to have the ball in his hands. He wasn't good enough to not have the ball in his hands as a shooter, and he wasn't good enough to like play hard on the defensive end. There was just nothing at NBA basketball that Evan Turner did at a high level to find a role. Like he would have had to be a seventh man off the bench with like a a you know, Isaiah Cannon type point guard that could shoot but not really run an offense well like when that the, the the year he had in boston that got him that contract with portland it was sort of like his optimal usage was just like a another ball handler guy yeah. or whatever yeah. just six seventh man as you but saying. you need you need shooting you need defense evan provided pretty much neither of those and again like those first two years he just he had more mid-range jumpers blocked than anyone in basketball history <laughs> like it was just really bad and he couldn't find, and he wasn't athletic enough to like blow by people or or dunk over people or anything. Like he just wasn't that good. I, I wanted to be good. I believed in him as being uh sort of like a you know five tool type of player on the on a basketball court. And he just like he just wasn't. He and he made a hundred million dollars. And he made a ton of money. And he's fine. And Sam Hinkie is not the problem. He shouldn't be the villain of Evan Turner's career. Like he isn't. Evan just wasn't good enough. But he made a, a nice little living for himself out of it. Like. God bless. I do find it funny that Evan and Andre are still like friends and like partners yes. because like yes. they were, he was drafted to replace Andre for sure. When that draft happened, it was like, okay, Andre's going to get traded. And then he wasn't. And he just didn't. And then it was just like this, we're in this aimless nothing era, which I was very happy to get out of, um, <laughs> even though Evan was upset about it. And the last thing about Evan Turner is, and again, <laughs> I, I want to keep saying this pro Evan. At this point, pro Andre, love Andre. He, Evan is really funny. He's very funny. Would love to have him on the pod, even though he has been blocked on Twitter. Would love to have you You're on blocked? the pod. I am. Oh wow. Well, I did say I would die if he didn't get traded. I guess that is like fair. It goes back several years. Yeah, that was nine years ago. I think. Yeah, Andre, huge fan. Have argued. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. All that, but like a lot of what you're saying is complete horseshit and the Evan last thing on Evan Turner is I think he is the in all of my years of watching basketball the first player and maybe the only player that they spent a high draft pick on him and after watching him for literally 25 seconds as a sixer I knew it was bad news I think we all knew you you for your own sanity yeah of course I, you know kept kept it Absolutely. up Absolutely. But there was no way you could not know watching him. You're like, yeah. oh my God, he is not, he's too slow and he can't yeah. shoot. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Briggs Auction is the official auction of the process. BriggsAuction.com or the app at Google Play or the App Store. Mike, they sold a house this week, Briggs Auction, a four generation. 
Yeah. In media, house in media, four generation family owned and operated auction house. And now an official sponsor of the rights to Ricky Sanchez Bark in the Park team. Thank you, Briggs Auction. They're in Delco, Bark in the Park, also Delco. If you want to join, you know, the link is in the description of this pod. We love Briggs Auction because there is one of a kind stuff every week that you can buy at a different Briggs Auction. They had the they had a house. Then they had a, a local artist had just all tons of artwork in an auction last week. This week, there is a discovery auction that actually has two vehicles in it. A 1984 Ferrari 308 GTS Quattro, Quattro, Quattro Valvo and a 1971 Cutlass Supreme, along with plenty of collectibles, plenty of art, plenty of furniture that you're not going to find anywhere else. One of a kind clothing items. We love Briggs auction. Just check it out once a week. See what they got going on. Go to briggsauction.com or download the app. And if you are downsizing, if you have a bunch of stuff, if you have a bunch of art, if you have a bunch of, you know, interesting furniture pieces and you think that you could make some money doing an auction, send a note to Briggs auction info at briggsauction.com. That is Briggs auction, Briggs auction, Briggs auction. Now, this news is new, though the information came out months ago after the draft happened. But I just thought could give you a couple of minutes to just tell us again who he is. The Sixers signed Marcus Bagley to an Exhibit 10 deal. This is per Sixers Adam. Exhibit 10 deals are training camp contracts that come with a signing bonus if the player ends up with this team's G League affiliate. Bagley and other Exhibit 10 players the Sixers signed will be training in camp and then likely go to Delaware. Anything on on Bagley? No, I mean he's just he's Marvin Bagley's younger brother. He played three years at Arizona State, but combined in three years, played seventeen games. Oh, and his last two years he combined played five. So why is he a like? What could could you maybe you could tell me this? If you're that unsuccessful in college, how do you end up as a player that NBA teams care about at all? Like, well, does I he think have tools? It's, it's, he didn't. I think he, uh, him and the coach butted heads. Okay, um, got it. In, in a lot of ways, so I think there was just uh, unpleasantness there. Mm. Um, he's just, I think he's athletic. I haven't honestly seen him play that much. I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's there. There's, I think the Sixers are like, yeah, he he was like a like a pretty high level like prep prospect. He was a five star, like maybe in, in some rankings, like. Maybe it's just worth a shot, and for an exhibit ten, you go for it. But I, I don't, I don't really. And he has the size; he's six eight. Like I just don't believe the uh, that it's gonna like come together for him. You know, eight three. Me, is there any chance they thought he was the other Bagley? Even then, his brother. Even then, I don't. Okay. Know <laughs> eight three three Lickface is the phone number. Hey, Mike, CJ, Daryl, this is Jeff from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I'm sure you guys have seen the news. The WWE recently filed a trademark for Out the Mud. So my question is, who do you think B-Ball Paul should choose as his tag team partner to uh, challenge the two jabronis that are trying to use that catchphrase? Uh, I don't have a basketball question because this team takes years off my life. All right, thanks. Bye. Wow. Tag team partner for I mean, I think... My my, there's a, actually a bunch of really good options on the Sixers. Okay, um, but I would go with Pat Beverly. Uh, oh, they would be a good big little big little tag team. I'm sure there's some like, you know, maybe 
Paul can like throw Beverly at somebody against the ropes, like over maybe uh, sort of uh, over the you know for somebody standing outside the ring. I think that'd be fun. Beverly a little bit more of a scrapper. Paul a little bit more, uh, you know, longer reach. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I think that that would be fun. I think PJ Tucker would also be fun. Um, yeah, of and he would probably the guy knows how to take a bump for sure. Yeah, but but give me give me Paul and Pat Bev for the feistiness to get his. Uh, to get his saying back. Now here's the good news, even though this is fun. When you you know, you can get trademarks trademarked for specific purposes. So this is per Fightful, which reported the news at first. The mark for out the mud trademark registration is intended to cover the categories of entertainment services, namely wrestling exhibitions and performances by a professional wrestler and entertainer rendered through broadcast media, including television and radio via the internet or commercial online service, providing wrestling news and information via global computer network, providing information in the fields of sports and entertainment via an online community portable portal, providing a website in the field of sports information, fan club services, namely organizing sporting events in the field of wrestling for wrestling fan club members, organizing social social entertainment events for entertainment purposes for wrestling fan club members and providing online newsletters in the fields of sports entertainment, online journals, namely blogs in the field of sports entertainment. That is to say, there's nothing in there about clothing. So I think Paul Reed is safe. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, he is good Because otherwise, we would have to come down on him pretty hard. Paul Kornblau, yeah. So the debate that has been going on for a couple of weeks now, as you've mentioned several times, I did swear that if James Harden was on the team, that I would not watch the Sixers. Yeah. I have mentioned that this is specifically a problem because I host a Sixers podcast. We have received a lot of feedback from our listeners. The Spotify Q&A was what's a good punishment for Spike if he watches the Harden-rostered Sixers. We got a Harden tattoo of him telling children Maury's a liar. Banned from the podcast. Spike's punishment if he watches the games, we'll be watching the games. I don't make the rules. Um, like a kid who was forced to smoke a whole pack of being ca- after being caught with a cigarette, Spike should have to watch more hardened rostered Sixers games. Mm. Um, we, we got we got fucking voicemails. Here's one of them. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. This is James from Alabama calling again. It is 6.30 in the morning, and I'm going in early to work today, and I just finished listening to that portion of the podcast where... Spike, you are on the fence about wanting to either watch or not watch the Sixers this season. I think you should, and I understand your hesitation because if I was you, I would consider maybe like the entertainment value of the podcast might decline if you're unable to watch. I disagree. I think it actually might be better because as Mike had suggested that you'd be leaning into this disgust of the team. And frankly, watching the regular season at this point, or even like watching the regular season in general at this point, what is it that you need to learn from watching the Sixers? We all know what's going to happen. They're going to pull together probably 45 to 55 wins, and then they're going to make it into the postseason. And that's when we're really going to tell if there's actually anything different this year. I still don't think there ever is going to be, so you're not really missing much. Also, one thing that will decrease the entertainment value of the podcast is if you break the trust of these people that you have as insiders. Yeah, Mike, 
I don't understand this insistence. It's like trust is very, very difficult to build, but incredibly easy to break. And if Spike were to reveal on the podcast who leaked the hardened sex info, you're never going to get any other insider stuff. So it's just like, just think about that for the people. you got to make sacrifices, Mike. And if you really, really want to know, which I think you're the only one that does, I could give a fuck who Harden sleeps with or who told Spike. Just ask him off the podcast and just keep that for yourself. All right, guys. Keep up the good work. Love the pod. Peace out. So we got voicemail saying I shouldn't watch voicemail saying I should we got suggestions in email Steven says I think the only solution is Spike can watch one game a month Mike and CJ get to select the game each month this comes from Raphael Spike remember your private letter to, letter to Daryl telling him what would happen if he didn't resign Paul Reed if you watch the hardened Sixers prepare for hellfire Coven forever PJ says, I think Spike should have to watch the games. Abstaining would be funny for a few pods, but would probably make things more annoying for Spike and Mike and the listeners if it goes on for months. I think it would be an easier act of protest to ban any mention of Harden until he's gone, just pretend he doesn't exist, and carry on with b-ball politics. Mike, has any of this changed your mind in me saying that I shouldn't watch? I have not decided, of course, and I will say this. I will be honest with people. I'm not going to say that I'm not watching it and then actually watch it. I am I'm, lean. I am last thing. I'm leaning toward watching. Yeah. I mean, you said you wouldn't watch if he's on the team. Yeah. He's on the team. I don't, I don't know why we're still talking about it. <laughs> you said it. I, we say a lot of things. I was mad. I just, I just, you know, for at the end of the day, here's my, and again, we have, how much time do we have? We have until October 8th, right? That's the first game. Preseason games count? Are we saying preseason games count? Whatever you want. I don't know. Well, you I don't know. Do they count or they not count? Team. So I was, I was being generous and saying, like, okay, if he's on the team and they go to the playoffs, you can watch playoff games. I'm, right. I'm like, I'm bending. You're just saying like the inherent, uh, the, the argument that you made, the moment you said it, you're going back on the, the all all of it. And it's just like, you said it, I feel like you should honor it. That's just really as simple as that. I'm I'm still thinking about it. I, I actually, I just think it's bad for the podcast. I really do. I know, I understand the honesty. I understand the trust with everyone. We did do a vote on Twitter. Nearly, I think 58% of the people said I should not watch. I'm an honest I think, person. I think you can do. I I think that games Harden doesn't play in. Watch. I think the games. I think if you have some sort of uh, plug-in attached to your TV, where every time Harden checks in, the TV turns off. Uh, that's called the Sixers Adam plug-in. That that could be good. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can watch uh, possessions and stretches when when Harden is on the bench. But I don't know. I don't know. I, as a listener to this podcast, would never trust you again. We did get this one to eight three three lickface. What up, Spike? Mike, CJ, Reese from Philly. First time, long time. Spike, you said you couldn't watch the games as long as Harden was on the team. But if you insist that you need to masochistically follow this rosterless team in order to do the pod, why don't you just listen to them instead? A mm. couple of reasons: McGinnis, national treasure. Having zero visuals means you get to imagine the silliest version of every play. Harden stuffed at the rim again. Maybe he just slipped on the rum and coke that Michael Rubin spilled on the court while he was taking his shirt off. It's time for you to experience Sixers basketball like you're listening to one of FDR's fireside chats during the Great Depression. 
only maybe more depressing because this is the Sixers and Harden's still on this team. Anyway, personally, I think it's funnier if you go cold turkey in every episode and fling wild hot takes based on zero knowledge, like you're in a Freaky Friday swap with your pops. But if you insist on knowing what's going on with this team, I'm giving you the out. As a radio guy yourself, I'm surprised you didn't think of this one. Uh, basketball question, none. This team isn't fun. Non-basketball question, am I the only one who detected a vibe between CJ and Bob from Cheltenham? Can't, can't be me. Can't be just me. Anyway, love the pod. You guys are a light in these dark times. DTP. Uh, how yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think this is a great point. I listened to uh, Fransky in L.A. doing the Phillies game yesterday. Had a great time. I, uh, I think uh, McGinnis is absolutely one of the best. I think listening to games when Harden is playing in them is a, a fine solution to this. I, I do think that there's something about McGinnis is obviously very good at his job. There's something about play-by-play for basketball, I just, I actually don't even think it would help me at all. I, I think I could read a recap of the game, honestly. I, I don't think listening to the game would help me. You can also read a recap of the game. Yes. I'm not saying you couldn't read a recap of the game. Just feel like you're getting so many outs, so many possibilities, so many lifelines of like doing the thing that you said, yeah. but in a way that makes it more palatable. Yeah. And you're still going, no, no, I want to do none of it. I want to go back on every 100% of it. And I we'll think see. that's disgusting. We'll see. Finally, PJ asks, Harden and Daryl related from rights to Ricky Sanchez at, at gmail.com. If Harden and Daryl decide the only way to settle their feud was by having a duel with old-fashioned pistols, who would you expect to win? Neither has a great record with elimination games. Who do you think? If there is a duel... A pistol duel, 10 steps, turn around, shoot, Harden or Daryl? I think they both miss. It's <laughs> a fair, fair point. The Rights to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Body Bio. You know what? I'm going to go to the Body Bio website to see if Gut Plus is back in stock yet. You Any know? minute now, my fame takes off. Right. As you become officially an influencer. Mm-hmm. When Gut Plus is back, up, oh, still sold out. Mike told me by the end of the month, it says, due to overwhelming demand for Gut Plus, we're temporarily out of stock. We appreciate your patience as we diligently work to replenish our inventory. Yes. If you were a regular Gut Plus user and you find yourself out of it, something that could help you, another Body Bio product, we love Body Bio, by the way, family-owned, family-operated, local company, you could use Butyrate. Butyrate is also an effective uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Supplement for for gut issues. Have you you said you use butyrate? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We love Body Bio. Um, go to bodybio.com. Use code Mike's Tummy for twenty percent off anything there at Body Bio. You could try Calm. You could try Liposomal Vitamin C. Or one of the things we've talked about a ton is Elite, so you can stay properly hydrated without one of those stupid sports drinks that has artificial flavors, artificial colors, has sugar, has all these other ingredients. All Elite is is straight electrolytes, cap in the morning, cap in the evening, keep you perfectly hydrated with the right amount of water. Solved my cramping problems. I had terrible cramping problems in my feet, my calves, not with Elite. Go to bodybio.com and use code Mike's Tummy for 20% off any order. That is bodybio.com, code Mike's Tummy. The... Hard to stomach. YouTube comment of the week comes from RC Nordo 4366. If there's any player in the NBA who doesn't hold personal grudges, 
or even if he did, would never let that impact their exemplary professionalism on the court. It's James Harden. So I'm sure the Ubre beef is no longer an issue. After all, who among us wouldn't be super enthused to make the younger, much handsomer dude who stole your girlfriend, who was only interested in you for your money, and marry her, look good at work so he or she can get paid? Sounds like a win-win for Harden to me. There you go. Mike. I, so I have two things to, that I could bring up right now. Yeah. And I leave it to you. You always give me a choice of what, what you want to hear. Yeah. I leave it to you. Yeah. There was one of them is about the, a defector piece on Michael Rubin that Drew McGarry wrote. Uh, I don't want to talk about it without reading it. Okay. Yeah. I, could, I was going to give you a couple quotes from it. And okay. that was pretty much it. So, okay. And then uh, other stuff was just stuff I looked up on stats, nbastats.com, that I found interesting about the Sixers last year. It's interesting, as I have presented to you a sex email, mm-hmm. and you presented me Sixer stats. Sixer stats or an article. Sex, you could, you could convince yourself that Michael Rubin article is, is sex email. Give me the quotes from the Rubin article. Okay, so there's a, there's a defector piece on Michael Rubin, former and, Sixers owner. And we'll hold, we'll hold the stats, by the way, for the next pod. We'll use that in okay. the next pod. Uh, about how basically every jersey that you try to buy now, you have to go through fanatics, fanatics. to get it. Like yep. even official league shops. Yeah, I, I actually said to somebody the other day, it's, oh, I was talking to your own Weissman. I was like, it's wild how you're on a website. You don't think it's a fanatics website to buy something. Yeah. And then you click on it and you're like, what the fuck? They got yeah. it here too? Yeah. That is uh, that is uh, a lot of what the article is about. Yeah. Um, which I believe the t- title of the article is uh, Fuck Fanatics and Fuck Michael Rubin. Okay. Well, I, d- um, I don't feel that way, but that's up to Drew McGarry. Okay. So there's an Adam Silver quote about, about it, about Michael Rubin that says, Michael specializes in relationships. Michael is always on. There is no distinction for him between work and pleasure. What a bummer this sounds like as a human being. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, this is a nice quote about you in an article. Adam says you're always on and there's no distinction. That's unpleasant. And the relationships guy is such a perfect distillation of what like business guy is to me. And obviously what, uh, what the Colangelos were for the Sixers. Um, you also can't leave reviews on the fanatics. Here's a quote from McGarry. This is why the NFL shop features no reviews of any kind, because all of those reviews would be negative. Every sports fan in America hates this company. In fact, my jersey represents a rare good consumer experience with fanatics because it didn't fall apart in the washing machine. The only people who might give a five-star review to my jersey are plants and aspiring Darren Ravels who admire Ruben for building a successful brand that's hollow at its core. No one likes your shit, Michael. No one. It's fucking garbage. Also, now that's from Drew McGarry. That's That's Drew McGarry saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you see that he tweeted a uh, 2023 white party recap video? This is Michael (laughs) Rubin with the caption, a literal movie. Oh, yeah. I remember that. When. Yeah. It isn't a movie. Yeah. This is just clips of. (laughs) Famous people smiling and talking to each other. That's not what a movie is. Also, if it was a movie, it'd be fucking scabbing because the people who write movies are on strike. You fucking dickhead. Oh, <laughs> and then he released the really uh, like very like we strive. You know, do you see the Eagles, the yeah. Jalen Hurts jersey, the Kelly yeah. Green one with like the the yeah, the one was in a slant. Yeah, just so so pathetic. Just tr- trying to spend as little money as possible to on like the shittiest product. Um, and I and him his statement I thought was really funny of like this is unacceptable, and I just you know the the appearance of 
taking accountability is is pretty good. I actually think probably, and again, I don't know Michael Rubin. I think he would probably rather have a good product. There does become a point at which sure. a, com a company would rather have a good product, but if they're willing to like cut well, corners every single place to have a shitty one, then they, I, then the good product goes out the window. You can trust your fingers. It's a good product. I think there's a lot of, I think sometimes when companies get too big to actually become, I, you could make this argument with certain cable companies like sure. I, every, yeah. All. Yeah. When companies become too big, then actual good customer service is becomes impossible every and, airline yeah quality control becomes impossible so <laughs> the literal it's, you know, it's interesting i don't know if i made this point before i might have made it but for a guy that's so famously shirtless <laughs> maybe to have a shirt company I find that interesting. Famously shirtless. I think he was shirtless in one picture. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Now he's famously shirtless. Well, I guess I I mean he is famously shirtless. Famously and the literal movie tweet was right after the the white party happened. A actually, literal movie. Did, a did, literal movie? That actually that shows a, a literal movie. It shows a, a lack of understanding about what literally means. We and did, movie. And movie <laughs> We did. We did get this voicemail that is Ruben related. Hey guys, Michael Rubin here. Just uh, heard you picking on my white party the other day, and I just uh, wanted to let you know I changed it to a black party. So it's now going to be a black party every every year. So yeah, that's how it rolls. I'm a big fan of pop. Not very happy about you guys criticizing my white party, so now it's a black party. So I hope you're happy. I'm basketball. I should be able to watch the Sixers, but every time Harden comes on the court, he has to wear a blindfold. I still listen. All right. Thank you. Bye. Go Harris Blitzer. Who knew that Michael Rubin had a weird little <laughs> Southern accent? Weird little accent. Uh, I don't know the Black Party's better. I yeah. don't know that it is. Yeah. Saying it, calling it, whatever it is. It's very so funny to like. I have a white party now. Like it's it's like P Diddy and Kyle Richards from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Michael Rubin's like, I'm doing a white party. It's so, like pick a different color. Pick a different color. Call the blue party. I don't know, but like you're gonna do. You're also gonna do a white party ridiculous oh i think if do a live ricky again we gotta just do a different color writes <laughs> <laughs> ricky sanchez at gmail.com this comes purple from larry party. what's that purple party purple party this anything comes from beige country. party could be anything but he has to go to this thing that is already famous it's very bizarre Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Larry. Spike and Mike, after your discussion of the age breakdown of the podcast listeners, I'm getting more and more concerned that I'm falling off the deep end with my Sixers fandom. I've been a Sixers fan since Freddie Carter should have been an all-star to 9-73 and 73 isn't very good, is it? Through getting Dr. J and George McGinnis to we traded for Moses Malone to we traded for Jeff Rulin to we got what for Charles? Well, you get the idea. I just turned 70. And my fear is that my 25-year-old son is going to schedule an intervention to get me to stop following the Sixers. He insists that Daryl is a fraud. I think he agrees with Howard, which depresses me to no end. And I'm a loser for following this bunch of losers. Is it time to give it up? Mike, should Larry give it up at the That's ripe age of 70? Very fair. I, I, I like... A lot of people do have fraud is such the first word that comes to mind for people to, when they want to criticize Daryl. I find it's it a great word. Um... My dad is also 70 and also listens to this podcast. Yep. And is also just as much of an idiot as we are. Um, I think I think it's a life sentence, unfortunately, Lair. Yeah. Yeah. 
bad news to your son. Maybe maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. Who knows? Yeah. Eight three three lickface. Spike, Mike, and CJ. This is Ben from out in Lancaster. I saw the Sixers signed a Kelly Oubre Jr. the other day. When I first read it, I read Kelly Owinick, and I was like, this is the greatest moment ever for Mike. He's been clamoring for this dude for forever. We finally got him, and I saw he averaged 20 points for Charlotte last season. Kelly Owinick, 20 points? Isn't he like 45 years old by now? Come to realize it's Kelly Oubre Jr., the total spaz who will definitely forget how to shoot and suck for the Sixers. Love the pod. I also saw Kelly Olenek and when I first saw it, and I thought to myself, why did Woj write he's a guard forward? Mm. Kelly Olenek is definitely not a guard forward, and it was, wasn't until afterwards. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't already have a bunch of centers, Kelly Olenek would probably be a good signing too. But, yeah, well, look, would have won several championships if Kelly Olenek was here. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Kevin. Kevin sent us a trade. Now, it's sort of hard to see. You can look at it. It's in the, the prep sheet if it, it's easier for you to look at. Kevin sends a three-team trade between the Pacers, the Sixers, and the Clippers. All right, I'm looking at it. The Sixers receive Buddy Heald, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, and TJ McConnell. The Clippers receive James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Daniel House. And the Pacers, in exchange for Buddy Heald, received Norm Powell, Furkan Korkmaz, Bones Highland, and Jaden Springer. So the Sixers ultimately are trading James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, and Jaden Springer. And Korkmaz. And Korkmaz. For Buddy Heald, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, and T.J. McConnell. It's, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's very good. You don't think so? No. Do you think the Sixers are better? No. You don't? No. Yeah. I think, you know, McConnell is, has the same many years as Tucker, so you're not getting any cap relief losing Tucker. I, Buddy is a nice player. Terrence Mann is a nice player, but it still doesn't, you know, still doesn't do much for me unless you're getting And I don't think the Pacers do it either. I think this is a very nice deal for the Clippers and not a nice deal for anybody else. Okay, Mike, you have a choice. With our final communication for the day, I'm going to give you a choice now. We have a voicemail from the folks at Kismet. Bagels, you're wearing the hat. Yeah. We have a, a Kismet voicemail. I'm going to warn you. It is bathroom related. Okay. But, but it is from both Kismet folks or the sex email. I feel like we got to go Kismet because I'm wearing the hat. You got to go. Kismet. This is Kismet. It is Kismet that I'm wearing the hat on the Kismet email day. Now the the curveball here is that the sex email was also sent by Kismet. No, I'm just kidding. Sex email gets pushed off another pod. Here is the Kismet voicemail. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. This is Jacob from Kismet Bagels with a very special guest for a very important bathroom related question. <laughs> Alex. Okay, my friends and I are having this insane debate, and I feel like I'm crazy because no one agrees with me. They think that it is okay for a woman, woman or man or whomever to sit down on a public toilet without putting t toilet paper down. And I honestly, I don't understand it. Like I put toilet paper down no matter what. If I'm peeing, if I'm in a rush, whatever, I make sure that it is perfectly put down. There's perfectly covered toilets. 
seat. I even use if there's if if there's available a toilet uh, toilet seat cover, whatever. I make sure that that shit is completely covered. My friends think I am insane. Please let us know. What if you sit down and there's pee on the toilet and you got it on your butt? They think I'm crazy because like, well, why wouldn't you see the pee? What if it's a dimly lit place? I need to know. I need to know. If I, am I crazy? Because Jake agrees with me. He would never sit down bare ass on a toilet seat. I'm losing my mind. Please help. Thank you. Also, I'm joining you, Spike. I'm not watching the Sixers until James Harden is traded. Trust the process. Peace. Wow. wow. And now you have even more solidarity and you still won't commit to it. Yeah. Well, Jacob has to make bagels. I have to host a Sixers podcast. They're but the guy you host things. a podcast with is fine with it. <laughs> Alex, you just, I, there's a selfish, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but there is a selfish angle to your position that I should not watch the Sixers as long as Harden is on it. I will figure I'm it out. i giving you all the op outs in the world, except for one. You just got to hold on to the one. <laughs> Jacob, we'll so Alex, Alex is Jacob's wife who started Kismet yeah. with him. I have my, I'm curious as to your response to this. I will give, I, I have a, a, absolute answer to this for me not for other people what is your answer uh sometimes okay i don't think those things aren't made well like there's they haven't those like uh the slips that the go slips over. where you like rest it over there and then you're doing it and then you're just like it you shit on it and then it just like holds it there and you're just like it, it doesn't go through a lot of the time it's just like now you're sitting like awkwardly close to your shit on like out of the toilet if it doesn't go all the way in you know what i'm talking about i think there's that middle that is like connected aren't you supposed to remove the middle are you you're supposed to remove the middle <laughs> why would they give it to you if you're supposed to remove it i think okay so obviously i don't use them but my, <laughs> i'm hearing you describe it I, i'm thinking to myself i think mike is using this thing wrong uh, there's a real possibility that, that is true but <laughs> why would it be there if <laughs> There, it's, I, there, doesn't, there doesn't need to be a, sec, a separate process to it. Give it to me as I'm supposed to use it. Don't give it to me and say, okay, here it is. And then you remove the thing. I just don't think they're made well. I think it doesn't make much sense. I do it sometimes if a toilet is gross, for sure, or you wipe it down or whatever. But I also don't think like what – it's not like you're, 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 you're touching the toilet with your hands. Right, and then it's your butt. Touching your hand. It's your it's your lower leg, like upper legs yeah. and lower butt. Yeah. So like there's not, if it's gross, then you've got to make it. But like the idea of like using a public toilet and doing that is just like, you're not touching other stuff with it. I guess what, what I was saying, but I do use it sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I, I understand if you, if you never use it or, or if you always use it, but like, it's also, <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal as you're making it. So the first thing is, yeah, I'm relatively certain you're supposed to remove remove the middle part. And Why fact, remove it? What does that make? How does that make sense that they're and, giving it to you and saying remove it? And the fact, the fact, <laughs> you're pooping on the paper. You're pooping on the paper. And if the, if this is wrong, then like I'll I'll cop to it. I'm fine with that. But like it doesn't make sense that they would say, "Here's your thing. Immediately remove it." It's not like they you need it for anything. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you do toilet paper, but that gets like sort of you're sliding around on there. Oh my god! Okay, so but <laughs> so do you use it or no? So my answer is no. You I, don't use it. No, two 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 reasons. Okay, if I look at the toilet seat and it's wet in any way, I take some toilet paper, I wipe it off. Yeah. Or or I try a different toilet or something. M my thing is that like 
if you actually think, I'm sorry, Alex, and you know, whatever we do to get through the day, whatever you need to do to get through the day to feel better about things, that's what you should do, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. But if you think an incredibly thin piece of toilet paper yeah. is protecting you from whatever's on that toilet seat onto your butt, it's not. It's not the pee. Is, if there's pee, I think, but I think it's also, it's a, it's a mental thing. I think Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying for peace of mind. I'm not touching butt place. Yes. (laughs) I guess I was never shown how to use those things. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me (laughs) that they would say, take it out. Immediately remove this middle. (laughs) The the chat is just dying. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. I'm fine with that. It is not intuitive. Why would they say, here's the thing, here's your little like toilet seat cover and play it before you take it out? Would take what out? Why don't you just give it to me without it? Hey, I'm going to get a coffee. Before you drink your coffee, make sure you like take out the big rock. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're, just, you're just pooping. Well, a lot of times, sometimes it will go through. And because, because as you said, like it's so the, it's so light. It is not a sturdy thing. This is the greatest moment in history. It's not a sturdy thing. So it just goes through. But come on. What's it doing there? A oh, lot, sometimes if you don't have like a really heavy shit, it'll just it'll just sit there. And it doesn't say take the middle out. Doesn't make any sense. Oh my god. Doesn't make any sense. Alex, you're with me on this. Alex has to be with me on it. She has to. Oh my God. Okay. We will. We will get next time. We'll get to Mike's stats as well as the sex email. I see Zach in the chat is mad because the the vote on on Twitter was that we read the sex email. We will eventually read the sex email. I don't think we read the sex email until you commit to not watching the Sixers this year. Well, that, those that are now not, inextricably linked. You you can't have everything, Mike. You know, I, I'm just trying to have you say the thing that you said. That's it. I don't know that that's everything at all. That seems like a an honest relationship. <laughs> oh my god. Any people in the chat not tear it out? Yeah. There it is. Somebody doesn't tear it out. I'm, I'm showing it. Bang. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. <laughs> That's me producing the pod. <laughs> we, will, uh, we will talk to you next time. Uh, Mike, I'm going to... Should I end it with a... I, I, I never... I don't have the song... And there's no CJ, whatever. We'll talk to you next time. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, like this. There we go.